and on is a ministry of the Gathering Youth Group at Gaylord E. Free Church in northern Michigan. As we draw near the end of our study on the life of David, we're going to learn why it's so important to be a good keeper of your heart, why it's important to have good friends or advisors, and we're going to see that there's a path back through repentance. Let's listen now as Dave explains. Hey, we're coming to the end of this study on the life of David, and I just want to say again, way to show up, way to be here, um, way to pursue Jesus uh, just by listening to this podcast and just growing deeper in your faith. Um, we're going to talk today about uh, a few things, but you know, it's, it's a harder thing for me to speak uh, on things like we have these past few weeks on falling into sin, especially when we read uh, about David's life, just to see him sink deeper and deeper into this swamp of sin. Here's, here's a guy who is on top of the world, and we see him slowly start to neglect his responsibilities. He becomes bored. He then ends up just being in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he's led into temptation, which ended him up in adultery with Bathsheba. And, and then on top of that, murdering her husband Uriah. Honestly, I, I would much rather talk about like God's purpose for you and his power at work in your life and just talk about like things like vision. And But, you know, I'm called to do this. I'm called to teach it, and so I'm going to be faithful to that calling. We're going to end uh, next week uh, on a high note. and But in between there, there's going to be some tension that just needs to happen before we get there. But I want to assure you this, that there's a good ending. So open your Bibles, open your smartphones, get them open to 2 Samuel chapter 12. Uh, we're going to be kind of parked there for a little bit, and uh, we'll get there in just a second. But we, we said last week that the heart is so important. I gave you guys the verse in Proverbs 4, verse 23, that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And I just wanted to kind of pick out a couple of things in that passage that are noteworthy. The first first thing that I, I don't think I clearly taught this the last time uh, that we were here together, but is that phrase, the wellspring of life. Some versions say, guard your heart because out of it come the issues of life. And that phrase, wellspring or issues of life, in the original language, in the original Hebrew language. Uh, what, there was a word that they used for that phrase called, and they said it this way, I think, tot sa'of, tot sa'of. And that's, that's the phrase that's used. And it's a, it's a geographical term that's used to describe the boundaries. Guard your heart, for it is the boundary marker of your life. And kind of more study into that word describes it like this, that it's almost like you go this far, and then you fall off the cliff. You go this far to the boundary, but if you go past the boundary, you're going to fall right off the cliff. And it, it, it's like that with your heart. If it's not guarded, it's like you lose your compass. When it's right, it determines the boundary line that keeps you from falling right off the edge. But the problem is, for most of us, most of the time, uh, you know, God leaves our sins unpunished in this life. Uh, we only realize and will only face the wrath of God at the last judgment. And, and here's the thing. We're bad keepers of our heart 
a lot of the time. I want to show you this week that not only do we need God's truth to be our boundary, but sometimes we need one of those friends that are willing to not just tell us what we want to hear, an advisor, a friend that is willing not to just tell us what we want to hear, but will be loving and bold enough to tell us what we need to hear. That's the first thing I wanted to share with you about this verse in Proverbs. The second is this. I find it really interesting that the guy who wrote this proverb was David's own son, Solomon. And this, this is just my insight, but I, I kind of have a suspicion that Solomon, when he wrote this, he might have had some firsthand experience because he knew that his dad, David, that he dealt with heart issues. Okay, He had these issues of his heart that led him to some pretty terrible places. Here's some good news. God had more that he wanted to do through King David's life. And, and I want you to hear this right now, right here. God has more to do with you. God has more that he wants to do with you. If you're going through a tough time in life where you slipped, maybe you've really done just a real number and, you know, it's been kind of a almost like a garbage fire like David's life, I want you to hear that. David's screw-ups and our screw-ups give God the opportunity to show us something that is critical to know about him. And that's, that's this, that his grace and mercy in our lives is a gift that he gives us that we didn't earn and we don't deserve, but God, right? I love those two little words, but God. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 22, I'm going to read them. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And hear those, hear those great two words again. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus." For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hebrews 4, verses 15 through 16 say this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive the mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And, in, and then this last one in 1 Corinthians 1, 25-31, it says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. For consider your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. 
God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human might, might boast in the presence of God. Dear beloved one, I want you to hear this. God loves you. He can use these times in our lives, these times when we fall into sin, when we're unworthy of anything good, undeserving of any of his grace, any of his mercy. He can use that to show us how we desperately need him. There is something he wants when we fall. And guys, it's this. He's looking for repentance, true repentance. And that is exactly what we see in David's life here. And that is why the Bible says that David was a man after his own heart. We're going to kind of end here, uh, but and we're going to read through 2 Samuel chapter 12. I want to give you that for your homework. Uh, read that, 2 Samuel chapter 12. But it's, it's David's repentance story. And, and I want you to take note of it, because David had a friend here who didn't just tell him what he wanted to hear, but told him what he needed to hear. I'm going to read this story to you, and you can go back to it in 2 Samuel chapter 12. I'm going to read it to you. Starting in verse 12, The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb that he had bought. He raised it, and grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for one for the one who had come. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, and here's, here's kind of the, the hard thing right here. He says, David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, uh, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king over Israel, and, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despise me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to the one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. And then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child of Uriah's wife that had been born to David, and he became ill. 
David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. You see, there's still consequences that happen because of sin. Even when you've repented, God, he doesn't take away the consequences. He doesn't take those away. David's son ends up dying here, and it devastated both David and Bathsheba. But we see a turning point here, and it's the restoration of the house of David. He and Bathsheba end up having another son together, and that son was Solomon. We see in this passage a pathway to repentance, and we're going to we're going to talk more about that next week, but I just want to pray with you. This this is so such an important passage of Scripture, just to see David's heart, just to be able to look inside of his heart. Here's a man who completely fell away into the swamp of sin. He's got, a, he's got an awesome friend here, an advisor in Nathan. Nathan uh, just really bravely goes to David and calls him out calls him out uh, in his sin, and instead of David uh, fighting back, uh, you know, just not receiving it, David takes the opportunity, and this is where we see David's heart, that David repented of his sin in that moment that Nathan called him out. We need our hearts to be guided on the right track. We need them guarded uh, to be able to set the boundary that uh, is... Uh, a good boundary in our life. We find those boundaries in Scripture. If you if you need to find out where do I lay this boundary line, uh, so that my heart doesn't lead me to the wrong place, read your Bibles. Okay, it'll it'll show you a clear path. And then and then secondly, David's got a good friend in Nathan. Nathan says the things that maybe David doesn't want to hear, but he needs to hear. And then the the last thing I want you to just remember is. There's hope in this story. We're going to read about that and learn about that next week. There is hope in David's future. Because he sinned, it was not the end. Uh, God had a good plan for him, in store for him ahead, uh, but repentance had to happen first. We're going to show you next week just that pathway to true repentance. Let me pray with you. Dear Lord, I thank you for uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast, God. I just pray that, um, God, that they would hear this, that they are loved. And and even, even in the midst of our sin, God, we know that there's a pathway out. We know that we can turn back to you, Father, that you love us, uh, that you are made strong in our weaknesses, that your glory uh, is on display uh, in our lives. When we screw up, Lord, you are strong. And Father, I just pray that even right now, uh, we can just search our hearts, examine ourselves, and pray as David did. We need those clean hearts. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Uh, we just pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next time on the Pass It On Weekly Podcast.